Hey everybody, Dave Therrien here. No Radio, the whole club podcast. Great to have you aboard. I got a good topic today. I think it's something that we can all kind of focus on, especially with a new year coming up. Um, a principle that is true, and I think sometimes we forget. And you know what that is? God always has a plan. Yeah, let's not forget that. God always has a plan because he's God. I mean, like, he knows exactly what he's going to do all the time, even way before he does it. We're going to give you an example of that today back in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Old Testament. You know King Saul, right? Yeah. King Saul was a man who proved that if you get away from a personal relationship with God, your whole temperament can change for the worst. And the negative change can result in the disqualification of a position. Oh! His was a position of leadership. He was the king of Israel. And he lost it. You know why? He got away from his relationship with God. He made three big mistakes. Number one, he made a terrible decision. He offered a burnt offering to God without waiting for Samuel. That's the job of the priest. It's not the job of the king. So that was a big mistake right there. Then number two, in 1 Samuel 14, he pronounced a death sentence upon his son. Are you kidding me? That wasn't too smart. And then in 1 Samuel 15, he openly disobeyed God by keeping back some of the spoils of war. God said, when you go to battle, don't take anything home. But he said, you know what? They got some good stuff. I think I'm going to keep it. And he disobeyed God. Saul became more and more image conscious than sin conscious. And then this disqualified him from the throne. Now, Samuel... He knew Saul could no longer be king. But who would be? Well, this brings us to a true-to-life principle. When man panics, God provides. Remember the disciples in the boat? They panicked. God provided. Calm the storm. So let's not forget this little mantra today. God always has a plan. Even before there was sin in the world, God had a plan for salvation. The Bible tells us in Revelation 13.3, the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. That's the NIV translation. He was slain long before there was a need for a lamb to be slain. Though Saul had disqualified himself from his position, God knew what he was going to do. He already had a man in mind, young David. And here's the great thing about God. When a man or a woman of God fails... Nothing of God fails. When someone dies, nothing of God dies. When our lives are altered by the unexpected, nothing of God is altered by the unexpected. Okay? Let's remember that. So we're going to be in chapter 16, 1 Samuel, verse 1. 
Samuel had not yet realized what I just said about God. Here's what it says. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him for being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I'll send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Well, Samuel feared for his life. Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. God didn't even answer Samuel. He just told him what to do. He said, You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So God's got it all figured out, okay? Well, Samuel did it. And I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about it. Like, oh, man, I got to go to Jesse. Saul finds out, I'm done. I don't know. But Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem, verse 4. And the elders of the city, they came trembling to meet him. (laughs) They figured, "Uh uh-oh, if a prophet's coming, what do we do wrong? And they said, do you come in peace? And the principle of this is, Doing God's will doesn't require agreement, just obedience. Samuel's God's man. God's not asking him to agree with the mission. He's just asking him to do it. Follow through, Sam. That's all you need to do. And this is how we live in faith toward God. We live in faith by obeying the things that he says, no matter what they are, no matter how we feel. I see an up-and-coming sin in the church. And it's not the old sin of adultery, stealing, and gossiping. Those, unfortunately, have always been around. But there's a new sin coming. And I'm noticing it more and more. And you know what it is? The sin of convenience. That people follow only until they disagree. And once they disagree, they stop following. That's not following. That's not following at all. There's another up-and-coming sin in the church, and it's this. If you're ever going to be a good leader, you've got to be a good follower. And we have people that don't want to follow, but they want to lead. Following is the best teacher for being a leader. It teaches humility. Okay? So I want you to think, our job is not to rationalize what God says It's not to excuse it. It's to do it. Boom. That's it. Doesn't matter how we feel. Doesn't matter what we think. Just do it. God gives us promises to help us through. Now, this one here in Jeremiah 29, it's for Israel. And I don't like it when people take scriptures that are made for somebody else and apply it to themselves. But I'm going to take this one in principle. Okay? I don't claim this personally, but in principle, it's a good scripture. And you've heard it before. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, that was made specifically to Israel. But in principle, we can abide in it and say, yes, God is for me as well. Okay? That's why I use it. So, back to Samuel. He went to Jesse for a roll call of his sons. 
to see would he, who would be the next king of Israel. And they all lined up one by one. But God had not chosen any of those that Jesse had brought out. Well, in verse 11, Samuel is finally getting it. That God doesn't look upon the face like man does, but God looks upon the heart. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, Well, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's he's tending the sheep. He's not a king. He's a kid. He's out there with the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Well, go get him. Send and bring him here, and we will not sit down until he comes. See, even the father walked by sight. He's like, no, man, you don't want young David. He's the runt of the litter. He's no king. Well, Samuel said, go get all the kids, all of them. Samuel now has the proper perspective. What does it matter what he does? What does it matter how old the kid is? What does it matter if he's with the sheep? Go get him. That's all that matters. God wants to see all of your sons. That's all that matters. I'll tell you what. You want to do yourself a favor? Abide in the Word of God. That's all. Even the church today, the modern contemporary church in America, is not abiding in the Word of God. It's not making a stand against sin. It's not making a stand stand against homosexuality. And it's not making a stand against gender confusion. And it's soft, soft peddling the gospel. Let me tell you something about the gospel. It's offensive. It is. It's offensive because in the gospel, there's a cross. And the cross says, you're a sinner and you deserve judgment. The good news is, Christ came and took your judgment if you receive him and acknowledge that you need a savior. That's the key. And we don't see that in the church today. And that's why I think the church is leading people away from God. And we have to be ever so careful. Chuck Swindoll said, to see beyond someone's age or the size or the level of intelligence to see worth and value down deep inside. That's the kind of vision that Samuel, with God's help, finally demonstrates at this point. Okay, so he he made a good comment there, Pastor Chuck. So finally, in verse 12, David is chosen. He sent and brought him to Samuel. Now David was ruddy. That means he was red. He had red hair. With beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. This is he. God knew, that's my next king. So what did David do after he was chosen king? I'll tell you what he didn't do. He didn't go downtown and try on crowns. He went back to taking care of the sheep. That's all. Oh, I'm going to be the next king? Okay. I got to go back to the sheep now? Okay, go back to work. And that was it. He was so humble. Even when Saul got sick and he was still the king, he sent for David to come and play for him until he felt better. And many times after that, David went back and forth between the king's court 
and the sheep. One day he's working for the king, the next day he's back with those smelly sheep. Then he's promoted back to the king, then he's demoted back to the sheep. And he took it as it came. How's that for a lesson in life? He took it as it came. I think that's a pretty good lesson. What was David's secret? You know what I think his secret was? He knew what it was to wait on God. If God anointed him to be the next king of Israel, okay, it would also be in God's timing. God's timing is key. And even though it wasn't right away, he knew when it was time, God would make him king. God's timing. And so is that true for all of us. That God has things in store for us, but it's according to his timing. That's where our strength and our peace come from. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, Those who wait for the Lord. There's that key word, wait. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Why? Because waiting on God strengthens you. Waiting on God means to have an expectation It doesn't mean to do nothing. It means to go about your life with an expectation that in God's timing, he's going to come through. That's what that means. So I see three lessons here from David's life. Number one, be open. God's solutions, they're often strange, yet simple. We often ask questions and try to figure him out. When he only says, Just go where I tell you. Do what I say. Trust me. See, sometimes we want more information from God, and God's like, I'm giving you just enough so you can show obedience and faith. That's it. We must remember, God's word is always there to direct our path. And God is looking for faith. And if we have too many answers, then we don't have faith, because we have answers. So God says, I'm not going to tell you everything because I want you to trust me. So number one, be open. Number two, David teaches us, be ready. God's promotions can come suddenly and surprisingly. Again, according to his timetable. That's why you should never quit on God. He'll come through when you least expect it. Don't quit. Keep running. Keep going forward. Keep making progress. When you and I have exhausted all of our resources, God is ready to reveal His. I like that. I like that. When we are ready to exhaust, or when we have exhausted all of our resources, God is now ready to reveal His. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now think about it. In your weakness, Christ can be made strong. And the Apostle Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 12.9, I'd rather boast about my weaknesses 
that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And by the way, the word boast, it doesn't mean that he's prideful. It means he's rejoicing. Yes, I have weakness, but I'm rejoicing for the fact that the power of God is in me and it's greater. Who was weaker than Moses, surrounded by mountains and water and Egyptians? And yet Moses was victorious. Who was weaker than Gideon, taking his army into battle, severely outnumbered? And yet he was victorious. You see, in their weakness, God was made strong. So David teaches us, number one, be open, be ready, and thirdly, be sensitive. God's selections are always sure. God knows what he's doing. He knows who he's choosing. You know, when Jesus chose his disciples, he knew who he was choosing. Fishermen, a tax collector. He even said, I, uh, one of you is a devil. What? <laughs> he even put the devil on his team. Are you kidding me? But he has a plan. That's why. Here's what I want us to see today. God has a plan. God has a choice. And God has a timetable. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, you're in his plan. You're his choice, and you're in his timetable. So just keep going forward. Wait on God and get stronger as you're waiting. Psalm 68.20 says, God is to us a God of deliverance, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. So who should I fear? Who should I fear? To God the Lord belong escapes from death. It's so easy to forget that when the negative thing is looming in front of us, isn't it? When that negativity rears its ugly head, it's so easy to forget that God is, is the one that provides the way out, is the one that provides the escape. It's incredible. That's why we need to just continue to reflect and be faithful and be obedient to the Word of God. And it's amazing how God goes to work and God will do it for you. He certainly will. But if we stick our hands in there, we mess it all up and we interfere with the divine working of God. I'm going to take a quick break here and tell you about the Hope Club. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you a beautiful illustration. If you enjoy the Word of God and you'd like to get a brief morning devotional in the email Monday through Friday, and you'd also like to help spread God's Word to others, then the Hope Club is for you. Just go to newhopecc.tv, click the giving button, choose Radio Fund, commit $3 a week. We'll send you the devotional to help you start your day with a beautiful spiritual walk with God. And thanks for helping to spread the good news of Christ. Be a part of the Hope Club. Think about it, $3 a week, that's it. 
$3 a week, and it helps with our radio bill, keeps us on the air, helps us to produce these programs. And I'll tell you what, I get a report, I just got it in from last year, in the thousands of downloads of all of our messages, the number of countries where people are downloading our messages, where the Word of God, it's really going out. And I'm so pleased. And it's because of people helping us and supporting us and giving financially. A lot of people doing a little bit. That's all it takes. And uh, the whole club is real. And you get something back. You get a, a devotional to start your day. I think, you know what? There's nothing better than waking up early with the Word of God. That's why you have two opportunities. I send out the email to all of our Hope Clubbers, you get that at 5.30 in the morning by email, in your email box. And then every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. live, what's wrong with me? But 6 a.m. live on Instagram, you get a devotional as well. Just go to Dave Therian on Instagram or Therian6034 and wake up with the Word of God. And you can listen to these anytime, but it's so great to start off the day with God's Word, kind of like tuning your guitar. You tune it before you play, not after. So you want to tune your spirit before you get out there and face the day. Okay, so join the Hope Club. Find me on Instagram. Let's really grow this year, okay? All right, let me give you this illustration. In 1809, it was a very good year. But those who were alive, they didn't know it. Napoleon was making his march across Austria conquering everything in his path. People feared that the whole world would fall into his hands. But you know, during that time, babies were being born. And you know who some of those babies were while Napoleon was ravaging the world? William Gladstone, Alfred Lord Tennyson, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Edgar Allan Poe, Abraham Lincoln, the lives of these statesmen and writers and thinkers would mock the beginning of an era. Nobody cared about those nobodies while Napoleon was on the march. The strange thing is that today, only history buffs could name one battle that Napoleon fought in Austria. But there's not a life of a person alive today that has not been touched in some way by the lives of those men. So what am I saying? It's so easy to focus on the souls of life and forget that God always has a plan. A plan that was formulated before the creation of the world. His plan for you was formulated before you were born. We're all part of God's plan. Think about it. How impressive that is. How important that is. What? I'm part of God's plan. Yes, we all are. And his plan is radical. You know what he's going to, he wants to do, wants to save the souls of men. Who has a plan like God? Nobody. Nobody has a plan like God. God wants to save the souls of people. And he wants to include you. He wants people to be part of the work. So, no matter how bad the world gets, God's plan will be victorious. He won't save everybody, because everybody doesn't want to be saved. That's the problem. They don't want to be saved. But those that do, oh yeah, he'll find them. 
I always say to people that are far from God, listen, if you want to know truth and you want to know God, ask God to show himself to you. And he will. That's it. God wants to reveal himself to you. Ask him to. Maybe you don't know anything. Maybe you're a doubter. But go to God in all sincerity and say, God, show me. Show me truth. Show me who you are. And he will. And you will experience a radical life change. And not only that, your eternal future will be altered. And you'll be heaven bound. Like, are you kidding? That's the business that God is in. And he includes us to be in that business. He wants us all to participate. We get the joy of leading people to Christ. We get the joy of earning rewards for our faithfulness. We have the joy of a fulfilled life because we're doing something that has an eternal value. You know, we're not wasting away on the couch. We're not spending a 12 hours a day on the golf course. Nothing against golf. Golf's a great game and people play it, but that's not why we're here on the earth. We're here on the earth to make a difference, to make our lives count, to reveal God to a lost and dying world. And yes, we can do that anywhere while we're doing anything, and we should. So think about it. God has a plan for you. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't think you're insignificant and you don't matter. God, Because God is big, his plan for you is big because we have a big God. <laughs> That's why his plan is so big, because God is big. And there's only one of you, and he's got something for you to do. So you know what you do? You believe God. You step up and you say, God, here I am. Use me. Any way you choose, use me. That's the, that's the prayer. be used by God, tell him, use me. That's it. And then open your eyes and open your heart. Watch him stop moving things around for you. You will. And you can stop by helping us join the Hope Club. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click the giving button. Go to online giving. Choose Radio Fund. Three bucks a week. What? Three dollars a week. That's it. You get a devotional every day in your email box. That's our thank you to you. Start the day off right. Don't forget, find me on Instagram. Every morning, 6 a.m., we'll be there with the Word of God, Monday through Friday. And the Hope Club Podcast. God's Word on Demand. It's always there. Thank you for coming along. Pray for the program. Support the program. Tell people about it. We just want to get the word of God out far and wide. Okay? All right. We'll see you next time.